God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child, it is that time of the week. Are you ready for what I'm ready for? Because I'm ready like you've never been ready before. Okay. I am your host, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and you are listening to the Woman Evolve podcast. And I just saw myself on YouTube and it looks like my wig is crooked. Ain't things nobody's got time for. Nobody told me that my wig was crooked before I got on here. It's the part is a little crooked. It is. All right. It's a little crooked over here. I could, cause this is a side part, but it's giving me trying to do middle part. And that's not what God wants for my life. God wants me to have side parties. That's all right. I'll fix it. How y'all doing? Child, listen, Sade Matthew says, I actually made the live. How you doing, Sade? Can we talk about it? The virtual experience was this weekend and your girl, SJR, The virtual experience was this weekend. Did you come to the virtual experience? How was it? Did you enjoy yourself? Did you have a good time? What was your major takeaway? You know, I have so many things to unpack about the Woman Evolved virtual experience. And I'm just, I don't even, I don't even know what to talk about. Um... The virtual experience was everything. I loved it. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. VE was everything. Stand in the rain. The same like the stand is slow burn. Dr. Anita with the slow burn. What was your favorite part of the virtual experience? We have to fill in our homegirls who didn't get a chance to come in with all of the details about what they missed. Let's give them the takeaways. You guys weren't able to come for whatever reason. We're not judging. We just want you to know what you missed out on. What were some nuggets? Wanda says the we virtual experience was amazing. It was everything. So I have to tell you, as I mentioned before we went on break, that I was a little bit concerned about the whole virtual experience idea in the first place, because I'm like, can we do it in a way that takes the essence of what Woman Evolve is and actually puts it in an experience? Because let me tell you, when we are in person, we like to do the things, okay? We like to have fun. We like to make sure our theme is like all throughout the room or, or environment, wherever we are. We like to have connection and sisterhood. And I wanted to do a virtual experience that had all of those elements to it, which means that I had two months to pull off this like technology thing that didn't even fully exist. Okay. Like I partnered with um, a company to help us pull off the virtual experience. And they were like, so you just want to use all of the technology available in order to pull off this experience. And I was like, in my dreams, yes, that's what I would like to do. And so we had some of the sessions were like recorded, but then you could go into a zoom room with the speaker so that you could have Q and a, because at an actual experience, like someone would present. And then maybe after their presentation, they would open it up for Q and a, and we had a main stage and and like a sponsor hall and so I don't know it was a thing okay 
Okay, so H&G Television says, when is it going to be on WeTV? It will be on WeTV on Thursday. You can catch literally every session. Uh, Jonah says that Pastor Roberts revisiting the altars was one of her favorite sessions. Jonah also says the mother-daughter segment. We did a segment with Adrian Houghton and her mother, Miss Nilda, and my mother. And to be honest, like I really feel like that was one of my favorite parts of the virtual experience, too. It's one of my favorites because they talked about like being self-conscious about their bodies as they age. And that really hit me because I feel like if you're like me, you think like I'm going to grow out of being insecure about my body or I'm going to grow out of this. I'm going to grow out of that. But it stands to reason like your body's always changing. So you may be able to embrace one part of your body and one season of your life. But as your body changes, you have to embrace your body on another level. And hearing them talk about that in their 60s and how that's something that's been a challenge for them. It made me see women just the journey through womanhood as something that is always so delicate and vulnerable. That was one of my favorite sessions. <laughs> Shaning Care says, standing in the rain wrecked me. I preached a message at the end of the virtual experience about standing in the rain. That was really important to me because we spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time talking about the future, talking about, you know, what's ahead of us. And yet we're in the middle of a pandemic that we could have never planned for. And so I could not deny that there's this juxtaposition of us having to become and grow and continue to evolve into the version of ourselves that God had in mind when he formed us. And that means that there may be moments when we have to do that in harsh conditions. And so instead of being afraid of the elements, I really wanted to empower women to allow the elements to bring out the best of them. And so that was good. Can I tell y'all something about just me right now? I'm tired. Okay, the virtual experience. Let, uh, let's talk about the virtual experience again. Okay. Oh, T.D. Williams says the love and marriage panel was great too. That was someone else's uh, favorite. I love that as well. Don Cherie. Tori says, Don Cherie said, God... Instead of interrupting what you're doing, I'll just get in line with what you're doing already. That is so, so good. Okay, so um, what else about the virtual experience did I want to mention? Um, so many things... The virtual experience itself, like I thought that because it was a virtual experience and we weren't hosting like literally thousands of women that maybe it would be a little bit easier to put on because it would just be us and our team. But it turns out it was actually harder than having the in-person experience. I forget who I was talking to about this, but oh yeah, I, we have a behind the scenes special that we did for Woman Evolve TV. But I really feel like the element of the virtual experience that was... Um, most difficult to really like wrap my mind around was the idea that like there are so many parts that are out of our control. So like we have our technology, which like we're relying on technology, which in general, hence the echo is unreliable. And then we have your technology, which we don't really know like what your technology is. And then we have like interfacing all of these moving parts. And so the technology made it really challenging as well. Bethany says, I can't believe you did that amazing virtual experience and then went on the next day to teach for the shade. Let me tell you, it was 
it was a really long weekend and I am super, well, more than a long weekend because it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of planning for the virtual experience. So your girl is tired. I took a nap before I got on the podcast today because what we're not going to do is not keep this same energy. Okay. Somebody said the message for the shade was for me. For those of you guys who may not know what they're talking about on Sunday, I preached for the Potter's house at one LA and my message was, uh, for the shade. And I really hope that that blesses you. If you got a chance to hear it, the echo is gone. Okay. Sherelle says that moment when you and your mom introduced each other, my mother tried to take me under with the introduction. So yeah, the virtual experience was a thing and it's actually going to be a part of my snack because as always, I learned a lot. Um, but I'll share that with you later. You know what time it is. It's time for us to rescue the saints, okay? It is Rescue Eve. Rescue Eve is a part of the show where we just look at what's happening in the world and we say to ourselves, world, world, I know what you out here doing. I know you out here stressing us. I know you out here dragging folks, but we're not going to let you stress and drag everybody. There are some people we're going to try and look at with some grace, right? And so I pulled a few stories that I wanted to submit to the delegation. Let me tell you something. Y'all don't be trying. Y'all don't be trying to save people. Things that I know about you all for sure is that I be trying to save people. The delegation don't be necessarily trying to save folks. And I just want to know, did you bring your life jackets today? Did you bring your floaties or are we gassing up the private jet? How is your, what is going on in your world? Okay. We talked about my world. We talked about the virtual experience in my world, but I just need to know who is the delegation today? You know how sometimes the delegation is full of love, full of grace. Y'all want to rescue everybody. It's been a long time since you've been there, but that used to be who you were. Are, are you feeling that love? Does virtual experience have you on a high where you're ready to just save everybody? Are you like, you know what? I'm Mind Your Business Ministries today and every day 24-7 and I'm not trying to save anybody because I have some stories that I think going to stretch the kids, okay? Going to make them dig down into the deep, deepest part of their souls, see what they can pull up. Um, and I just want to know if you guys would continue to uh, stretch yourselves. Nadia says, I have grace to rescue because I feel rescued. Come on. I'm a soldier says, we'll try today. Come on. Marilyn says, ready to save. Brashina says, I'm here to save myself. Kiara says, depending on who we are saving, I might not have it in me. Sometimes it'd be like that. Stephanie says, she's got grace. Angel says, OMG, I caught, I've caught you live. I haven't caught you live in so long. Okay. And Grace says, we're rescuing today. We're shady. <laughs> we're living in the shade of God. Okay, we're shady. Okay, so the virtual experience is giving Jasmine a little bit more grace today. All right, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So how 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 do I want to try it first? <laughs> that is the question that must be answered. Um, do I go easy or do I go hard? <laughs> do she go hard first or do she go easy? Okay, so let me see. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go hard first because I already know because I've been in the comments when this post was originally posted and I saw everybody dragging this precious lamb. But can I tell you, when I first saw it, I felt badly. Um, I'm going to tell you all right now, I don't be knowing who people are. Um, somebody says, since your hair is fire. First of all, I washed this wig a couple weeks ago. It's been hanging over my bathtub. I just put these curls in it. And so I am looking glam on the head and tired in the face. And that's what happens when you have wig life. Okay, so this is what I want to say. Okay. Um, 
I don't know who people are, right? So, like, I'm going to talk about a story that came up on The Shade Room. You guys know the CNN of the black Twitter and culture, The Shade Room. Um, I read this story on The Shade Room. I could not tell you this precious lamb songs if you ask me. If you told me right now, Sarah, I will give you $100 if you could sing just one lyric of this person's song. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to be honest because honest is what we do. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to have $100 if you put me up to this, but that is fine because I'm still um, going to go ahead and read this story anyway. All right, y'all. So there's a gentleman by the name of NBA Youngboy. Things that I had to figure out because I guess I'm old. He is actually not in the NBA. Uh, when I saw that NBA, I said, oh, wow, he's an NBA player who goes by the name Youngboy. Turns out I was wrong. He's a rapper. And I don't know, not one of his songs. Um, maybe he raps about the NBA. Mm-hmm. Does he does he rap about the NBA? I don't know if he maybe that's how he got his moniker, huh? I don't know how he got his moniker. Um, Mary says, says I also don't be known and I'm 23. Okay. All right. So no, we're not even gonna worry about what his, he's a rapper. Okay. I know Google, uh, Rachel says, nope, he's a ratchet rapper from Baton Rouge. Ain't nothing wrong. Well, I was going to say ain't nothing wrong with a ratchet rapper, but let me tell you how that was Eve. Eve knows better, but doesn't do better. Holy Ghost rap is the way to go. <laughs> All right. Um, NBA young boy, listen. Okay, so his ex-girlfriend, though, was pregnant. And her name is Kaylin. And she was on the shade room because she lost her baby. And instead of, like, I guess, publicly saying anything, she's been posting her brother's child to make it seem like she had the baby. And it was actually her brother's kid. So people were like in the comments and they were talking about like, man, that's crazy. That's this, that's that. And like when I first even just read the headline, like I really felt badly because I don't think I've never lost a child, not a miscarriage, not a, a later term pregnancy, you know, and praise God, my children have been covered you know, up until the ages they are now. Thank you, God, for your protection when it comes to that, okay? I I felt badly that, like, the instant reaction was, like, she's crazy. You know, I know we watch a lot of Lifetime movies. I know it's easy to talk about, you know, people being what we think is, like, off and crazy or whatever. Like, I know that's a part of the culture. But I just really felt, like, who is out here teaching this young woman who was in this, you know, I think they're, you know, people are saying their relationship was toxic. Like, how to deal with grief. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I felt like... I felt like we as women, instead of tearing another woman down for the decision, not saying that's right. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying that is what she should have done. But I just felt badly that here she is having to deal with grief with a generation and culture that, you know, because even when she made her statement, she was like, I know you guys may stop supporting me or not liking me. Like, it's just it just seemed too delicate to be like, ah, oh, she's crazy. I don't know. Jazima says we need to love on her. Tamika says right. Destiny says rescue. Shalandra says rescue her. She's been through enough. Jessica says rescue her. She needs therapy. She's hurting. Shalandra says, uh, uh, Natasha says it could be a trauma response. Exactly. So like I know, like you have the trauma of losing the child. 
And then you have the reality that that social media can be very vicious. So I've lost my child. She's, I don't think that she's going to like, oh, let me get my PR person and let's craft a statement about the, the grief of losing a child. Like she literally didn't seem to have any other recourse besides like, I want to create an illusion. Obviously the illusion doesn't last very long because she comes to like, you can't pretend that a whole person is your child forever. You know what I mean? So she has to end up coming to the truth but I just feel like we can never underestimate to be honest like I get trolls and haters on social media but like for the most part like my social media for me is like not the place where people come to just attack me 24 7 you know I you know maybe it's the grace of God I don't know if it's me trying to be honest and transparent from the get-go so either you like me or you don't like but I've tried my place it's just not my comment sections aren't going to be like hot and spicy 20 four seven like my clap back game when I clap back it stands out because I don't have to clap back on people you know I will delete you if you say something reckless people don't really say that much reckless stuff on my social media I don't know what it is but just because that is my reality doesn't mean it's other people's reality and I feel like she has a reality that on social media posting the most delicate, vulnerable part of her life may become something that's joked about, may become something that's mocked about, and yet she still ended up having to do it anyway. But I just feel like we can never underestimate how taxing grief is, how taxing announcing that grief is, and allowing people access to your wounds is. Like, that's a big wound. Nika says, let's send a jet. Come on, let's send a jet with Dr. Anita on it to get her her and help her heal. Uh, Kaya King says, we'll clap back for you. Let me tell you something. One thing about the delegation I will say is when the clapping starts, the delegation backs them up. Bree B says, Cora claps back for you. Cora does clap back. My father has been known to clap back. Uh, Jonas says, your tribe is not going to allow that anyway. We got, I love you guys for that. Thank you. Uh, Tikia says, this is such a teachable moment. Please teach. Deja Michelle says, we can rescue her. We can send the jet, give her love and hug. I, let me tell you something like to me this is like the epitome of eveness like yes she knows better I'm sure no she did not do better right just like Eve in the garden but like we can isolate her and drag her like everyone else or we can say you know what like this is an opportunity to really connect with someone about what it's like to not know what to do when life hands you something that you just don't know how to deal with like I just didn't know how to deal with it and I made the wrong choice and I made the wrong decision and now I'm having to rebuild my life with these broken pieces but as my mother said during the pajama panel she can still become a mosaic and I really feel like it's going to take women coming together to understand what it's like to be a woman to even rescue another woman so like this is her experience right but like what about our sisters and our cousins and our mothers who we are penalizing for making the wrong choice but not taking a minute to be like dang but it's it's hard to deal with X, Y, and Z. It's hard to not have the support of your father. It's hard to uh, have been through that abuse or that trauma. And so we may have received something from someone that felt like poison, but that poison didn't begin with them. And so like, how can we change the narrative and insert love? I don't know. That's what I wanted to do. Kiki says, exactly. She needs help and love, not ridicule. Kiara says she gets the jet in a full gas tank. Eh. 
Eh. The delegation is here for it. Brandy says, standing ovation. Sharita says, hello, gang, gang. Kendra says, right, rescue. She can get therapy and giving her, giving her grown women advice. Let me tell you, we need grown women Am I talking to grown women? We need men. Hey, men, because we know y'all be listening to this podcast. As I, I be seeing y'all listening to the podcast. Y'all tag me and stuff. Y'all, y'all be on the catchphrases. But listen, we need to be more compassionate with one another because life is out here. <laughs> life is out here doing us all. Life, life be trying to be the ghetto sometimes. And for us to be acting like it's the suburbs when it's the ghetto is not right for people who are like, hello, it's the ghetto. And we like, no, it's the suburbs and this lemonade stand on the street. Nah, sis, this is the ghetto. And we scared out here. Amanda says, it's difficult to share a highlight on social media, then turn around and discuss a gut-riching moment. Rescue her. I totally agree. Jasmine Abram Ham says, they sure do. Hey, men. Let me tell you something, something else. The men were at the virtual experience. It was fellas talking about stuff, talking about mosaics and talking about core signs and stuff and, and, and giggling, trying to be. Have you ever had somebody try to slide in on your inside joke? <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. We know y'all watching, but when y'all slide in on them inside jokes, we just want you to know that we do look at you like you a little crusty. OK, like, oh, you on the inside joke. How you get on the inside joke? You know, but that's all right. We love y'all. And uh, Jennifer says not 2020 is third world country ghetto. Third is trying to be ghetto. OK, so. Yes, we're rescuing. I'm glad. I wasn't sure how y'all were gonna feel about that. I thought y'all was gonna be like, nah, she needed she she should have done better. But I'm glad. We need to we need to rescue. We need to come together. Are y'all gonna rescue this next story? Knowing y'all, we off to a strong start. It's been a long time since we got a rescue on the first story. So I'm gonna go ahead and try it one more time. Um, okay, so there is another self-described space for unapologetic black women that's Madame Noir that's made the news because because somebody who writes for them okay once again I'm gonna I'm read it to you one more time it's, it's called Madame Noir a self-described space for the unapologetic black woman okay but they in the news, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but they're in the news because it turns out someone who writes for them and has been writing for them for years by the name of Julia Austin is actually a white woman. Um, this is why I would like to rescue. Okay, so the Saints are upset because Madame Noir is the space for black women and there's a white woman writing. But can I say this? Can I say something? We need resident white women in our world. You know, is it if we it's a black space, right? This it's, it specifically says a space for the unapologetically black women. But is I mean, does that mean that white women can't come at all? Or do we have to be like, hey, she's white? Because evidently, this is what I'm going to say. Nope, I'll see a lot of notes. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say, all right? This is what I'm going to say. Hold up, because I can tell right now that I've, I've, I've perturbed you all. This, Okay, so can I ask y'all a question? Like, hold on, I'm, hold on. I'm trying not to pull a muscle while I stretch. What was I? Fin see, I lost my... Somebody just took it right out of my mind. Would it have been better if she would have been like, hey, I'm a white woman in this space and I want to give my perspective on it? I think she was talking about traveling. What is she talking about? Um, 
Okay, so in a lot of them, she speaks on her personal experience, but never once mentioned she's a white woman. I wonder why that is. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. She should have said that she was white. There's nothing wrong, to, in my opinion. This uh, Here I go. Whew, it's hot. I'm sweating. Ooh. Is it possible that we can have resident white women but we want them to tell us that they're speaking from a white perspective because a black woman's perspective and a white woman's perspective are totally different when it comes to certain things like maybe when it comes to budgeting tips or whatever it maybe it's similar I don't know with the pay inequity probably not you know but when it comes to certain things there there are differences right but I just don't know if that means do we completely invalidate white voices when it comes to black spaces or do we let them into this space with the knowledge that they are bringing a perspective that may be different, but they also have knowledge and tools that are available to us? This is important because I want to know, like, obviously, I'm a black woman. For me, Woman Evolve is obviously full of a lot of black women because generally the leader the, the followers of a movement reflect the leader of the movement, right? So I'm a black woman. Most of y'all, listen, part of the reason why we're able to create sisterhood at Woman Evolve is because most of y'all act like me and don't mind saying when your wig is crooked. Um, but I also invite white voices into that space because white people have knowledge and tips and tools that maybe we don't have access to or they're things that they are able to have been able to accomplish and we're entering into white spaces and we need to maybe understand how to navigate some of those things. They just have perspectives that I think offer us a broader worldview. But I do think the idea of writing behind the screen without that being made known to the people who are on the other side can be problematic okay Nadi says why do we have a white woman writing in a space for black women nope there's a whole different space for her in a different platform positive he says this is just like the situation with the real what happened with the real I don't know about that. Chandelier says we need them in so they can educate themselves and may be able to reach other white people. That's, I think so. Tori says, I don't think she needs to be safe. She may be on a yacht already. <laughs> what? <laughs> Her perspective is value. Just give full disclosure. That's, I think the problem is the disclosure. Like we don't, I don't mind hearing your, like, it's just like if a man starts writing for Woman Evolve, I'm not going to act like he's not a man. All right. All right. All right. I'm connecting the dots. I'm slow. I told you I'm tired. Hired. Like if I hire a man to write for Woman Evolve and he's writing in our newsletters about his experience, but I don't say like, hey, this is a man, then it's it's different. You take the perspective differently. It doesn't mean that there's not value, but you also realize there are some nuances that make our experience different, which means that I may have to modify this to fit my reality. Okay. Uh, Ernestine says I just love the delegation in our sisterhood I do can I tell you I love it too Rachel says yeah but it's different when a space is specifically labeled as one for black women Michelle says I've been a ghostwriter and the key is ghost the ghost Michelle says the key is to be a ghost Annette Wagner says obviously they were invited into this space without the reader's knowledge we need to address uh oh Oh my, it, we need to address those who hired her as well and know why full disclosure was. That's true because it's not, you know, like she was hired. And I think you have to now as a leader of an organization, if you're going to bring in a perspective that may be different, you do have a responsibility if, you know, to kind of walk your readers through 
you know, this introduction of a perspective. Like this is a space I could see totally being like, listen, this is a space for black women by black women. And we love who we're able to cater to. We also recognize that black women live in a war, a larger world. And because they live in a larger world, we think it's important that they get perspectives from the world that they live in as well. This is an opportunity for us to learn and glean from a perspective that may be different from ours while also understanding the nuances of our blackness. I don't know. I don't know. Jung Diva says, OMG, not another Tyler Perry. Don't do a sister. I don't, what? I'm lost. Cynthia Helen says, somebody said a map and a bow. Oh, I love it. Can, okay, so this is what we're going to do. First of all, the delegation is full of love. A lot of people saying no rescue. <laughs> a lot of people not going to slide by that. Can I submit for you all's consideration that maybe we consider a map and a boat? You know what I mean? Maybe not the full on. The jet is busy. We put our precious lamb on the boat. Okay. Um, but can we do a map in a boat? Michael McFadden says, I'm a part of Mind Your Business Ministry, so I'm an exit stage, right? That's all right. You commented and we see you on the insider. And it's all right. We see you. Christelle says, nope. Nope, nope, nope. She wrote it four times. Can we do a map and a boat? A map and a boat. Hmm? Can we do that? Jaleesa says, nope, just a map. She already got a boat, I'm sure. Nope, okay. Ashley says, maybe she has a black support system that helps her tailor to black. Perhaps. Uh, Sarah says, just the map, sis. Um, Armani says, no can do here. Um... Jennifer says, while we're on the topic of disclosing things, can the government disclose where my second stimulus check is? She has questions that need answering. Uh, pool noodle. Delana says, maybe a pool noodle. Mary says, floaties with a pump. Um, Annette says, dinghy. Rashima says, no map, no boat. Okay, so I am confused. Okay. Jaquita says, good old petty rescue. Yes, map and boat, no GPS allowed. I don't know what to do. Okay. Wit says, a map to show her where she messed up. Oh, I like that. I like the map to show you where you messed up. See, this is right here where you had us all messed up. <laughs> this is where, this is the exact location where you had us all messed up. I like that. Um, okay, so... Amir says someone said Madame Noir needs to be rescued because our Caucasian sis was invited into that. Okay, so we want to rescue. So are we sending them? Okay, so this is what I think we should do. This is what I think we should. It, this is a group rescue, so I can't make the executive decision on this. If we can't get to a resolution, we'll just put a pin in it. But I would just like to know, can you all consider this? We give the writer a boat and we give Madame Noir the map, but they can't be together. Huh? OK, she gets the boat, OK, because she's in it, too. Right. And, and there's some responsibility there as well. Right. But also Madame Noir put her on the boat. Right. And so this. How about that? Hmm. How about that? Madame gets the map. She gets the boat, but they not together. They somewhere different. How about that? Morgan says, yes. Adrian says, I can do that. Michaela says, rescue her. Sherelle says, somebody said, call Dora the Explorer. Uh, Michael says, only Jesus saves and I'm not Jesus. So it's a no. Vanessa likes that. Um, um, Cleo says, it's almost midnight here in South Africa. Almost too late to rescue, but you're really trying. So why not rescue? Um, all right. Uh, Susan says no. Okay, 
Positivity says, I don't blame this woman for accepting the check. I would have accepted the check to write for a white space. I agree. Madam Noir needs to be rescued. Okay. Um, rescue Noir, SJR is reaching for. Okay, so sounds like we're going to put a pin in this one. <laughs> sounds like we're going to put a pin in this one. I thank you. Let me say Dominique likes the compromise. I like the compromise as well, but the delegation I've stretched them as far as I can stretch them so far. Um, I like the separation. I feel like, I feel like it could work, but it feels like we're not all on the same page and you know what unity in the body. That's what we need. Um, okay. So I'm going to put a pin in this one. Boop. Put a pin there and I'll call you back. I'll call you back on that one. Um, Demetri says she works for the company that hired her based on her resume. Look at Urban Skin RX. Works wonder for brown skin owned by a white woman with a mixed child. So, okay. Well, all right. Boop. Put a pin in that one. I'm going to put a pin in that one and I'm going to move on to something else because I can tell it's not, doesn't feel good. Feel, doesn't feel tight. Doesn't feel tight at all. Feels wrong. Um, there's another one that I want to rescue. And I, I I might just go ahead and make this decision for myself because I can tell already um, I didn't pull the story up on my laptop. So I'm going to just keep talking until I can get it pulled up here. But let me tell you something. This story is, it was good to me when I read this story because I said to myself, wow. Why why would we not celebrate this coming together? I'm just keep talking like this until I can get the story. I'm just keep talking in circles. Somebody said no pin in it. We're going to put a pin in it. We're putting it. We can't put a pin in it either. We can't pin it. We can't rescue it. We going to put a pin in it. Um um okay, listen. Um there's a Montana couple that recently got married. <laughs> First of all, they got married in 91. I don't know who this is for, but God said, wait on it. Wait on it. It ain't over. It can happen. It can happen. Um, but the saints were upset about this couple getting married at 91 because they signed a prenup. And I, let me tell you something. If you're going to be worried about your coins, it doesn't matter if you're 91 or 19. You can worry about your coins at any given age. I don't understand why them being 91 means that they can't have a prenup. If we want a prenup at 91, we can have a prenup at 91. Can someone? Someone is laughing at my stalling. It's fine. Um, no. Can we rescue them for having a prenup at 91? I don't care if we own the way out together. If I go first or you try to leave me, if you try to leave me at 91, you can't have nothing. It ain't nothing wrong with that. First of all, we just now getting married. I didn't live my whole life without you. And if we get to 91, first of all, if we don't check out of here together and you decide to divorce me at 91, 92, 93, I don't know when this is going to be over. You can't have nothing. Nothing. Is there anything wrong with that? Nothing. If we get married at 19, we got a lifetime of building together. We Who knows where the road may take us? Yes, yeah, sure, no prenup. Let's go for it. Let's build this thing together. At 91, my life is built up. 
My life is built on up. And when I say you can't have it, I do mean you can't have it. Jaquita says there's legacy at 91. They want to protect themselves. Alexis says, Lord, LOL. Man, they say it. Granny not getting her coins. Jessica says, I'm sorry. So they just got married at 91 and they want to prenup. Yes. Yes. Maya says 91 is still fair. You could be trying to give my money to your grandkids. Yes. Rashima says, yes, ma'am. All my life I had to fight. Why would I? Now, sis, I might only, Jessica says, now, sis, I might only have a good four to five years without you at 91 if I'm lucky. Do you see what I'm saying? If we live to be 91, I do want a prenup at 91. I sure do. I sure do. Is there something? Can we rescue them for that? I don't think it's, I don't think. Ashley says prenup at 91, no rescue. What could I do with the money at 91? Live. What could you do with the money? Do they, Life still calls. Breathing literally costs air. It literally costs money to breathe and eat and live. At 90, yes, we need a prenup. But yes, we're rescuing them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask Precious Lamb to scoot over on the jet so we can get the couple on here because I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's anything wrong with that. I don't think it's, can someone, Crystal says, rescue them. That's wisdom. It ain't nothing but wisdom. Good Thor said, childless. And that 91 and prenup is a yes. We still got time. We still got time. Shani says, I am ready to rescue with the sailboat. Lo says, looking for the problems. Can't find it. Rescue. We Rescue. Yes. Rescued. I'm rescuing you. I'm telling you right now. You're rescued. I can't wait to see you. Sit down somewhere and get comfortable. And and I don't, somebody said throw out a life vest. We're not giving them a life vest. They're 91. We have to get on the jet or we're not rescuing at all. If it comes down to that, we're literally putting them on the jet. Okay. Ashley says, are they both 91 or is one? No, sis. They're both 91. They're both 91. And yes, we want a prenup. Let me tell you. Y'all want to hear the whole love story? Um, Ivan and Jerry met in the first grade. That means I built my whole life without you, though, in the first grade. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they were both mourning the loss of their spouses 13 years ago when they ran into each other at breakfast. So beautiful. First of all, 13, you know, mourning the spouses 13 years ago. Now we done moved into love 13 years after that. That's that's a season. Was that 78? So at 78, loved ones gone. And then it took us 13 years to try again at 78. That's still a lot of bill paying and living and having to make ends meet before we got to 91. And then at 91, um, Ivan and Jerry signed a prenup. We're told Ivan wanted it to be short and simple, but it ended up being 30 pages, much to his dismay. Because sis said, if we're going to do it, we're going to do count on a woman. Honey, if we're going to do a prenup, it ain't going to be this one pager. I'm going to account for everything, okay? Um, the couple won't be going on a honeymoon right now due to, to the pandemic, but they say when they do, it'll include attending a University of Montana football game. Good for them. Good for them. Jasmine says at 91, I'm not signing the prenup. Too old for the game. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Monique says, time to excuse our faith that we can live another another 50 at 90. I like it. Jungdi says, we want a prenup and we want it now. I, I think at 91... At 91, CO says, SJR valid points, though, send the jet. We're sending the jet. 
All right. Let me tell you something. We're going to send the jet because it's never, you're never too old to care about them coins and to make sure that you're protecting yourself. It's ideally we start worrying about them coins at an early age and that way we save up and things are all right. But, you know, if we get down to the end of the road and it comes down to, but, and it comes down to how we're going to save these coins and it comes down to the prenup at 91. I just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't even see anything wrong with it. Natasha says every silver spoon is accounted for in 30. But when I tell you every silver spoon, every china plate, every porcelain doll, everything is in them 30 pages. Everything, who's going to get what? I've, I'm fine with it. Um, but you know what they can do? They can t- continue to love one another. The prenup didn't stop the love. They still got married. They're going to love one another. They're going to watch movies together. They're going to go on long walks. They're going to have their mask on and they're going to be out in the world. living. first of all, they live to 91. I want them to go out and just spread the seeds of 91 all over the earth because I want to receive them. My family wants to receive them. Just spread them seeds all over the earth. And then they're going to come home and they're going to mind their business and they're going to know who gets what. Every night they go home, they're going to know who gets what if anything goes down south. The only thing they won't be able to divide up is what we eating for dinner because when it's on the table it is ours and when it is consumed it is over but everything else is going to be dividable and I like that you know and that's why HelloFresh is probably going to be what they need in their life because HelloFresh is going to make it so that they can just sit down consume luxury eat delicious meals and then it'll just be gone they don't even have to worry about dividing up that HelloFresh meal they can order it together they can consume it together and it'll be gone they don't even have to worry about it you know what I'm saying because there is nothing wrong with having delicious meals and saving your coins and HelloFresh allows you to do both because HelloFresh says you know what it is cheaper to eat at home. We all know that, but it is not always as delicious to eat at home. But HelloFresh says, I'm going to help you save your coins and I'm also going to help you make sure that you eat well. For those of you who don't know, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. HelloFresh can help you eat more sustainably. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. HelloFresh is committed to giving back. HelloFresh is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe. Y'all already know. I've told you all about HelloFresh. There have been times where I got one thing, like I got three meals, but I got three different meals. But one of the meals was so good that I tried to recreate it myself with my own ingredients and I did all right, but it didn't hit quite the way it hit when I got the first HelloFresh meal. So now I'm just trying to double up and make the same thing all week long. Just send me three of them meal kits with them Korean beef tacos because they smack. HelloFresh offers fresh, high quality ingredients every week for a super flavorful experience. Over 90% of ingredients are sourced directly from growers growers to ensure the freshest recipes are delivered to your door. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80Evolve and use code 80Evolve to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions may apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Ah. How'd y'all like that? Mm Mm-hmm. Ashley says, love how you put that in there. Yeah, okay. I had to. Slide that on in there, okay? Um, Y'all don't even know. I've already told you the stress of it. 
Okay. Jaleesa says, oh, the Korean beef tacos hit. Y'all think I'm playing? Them Korean beef tacos taste like what God loves. Sacrifice. Mm. Did you hear the word that I preached on Sunday? Tastes like sacrifice. It is a blessing to my stomach. April says that Louisiana style tilapia is delicious. I'm telling y'all, y'all think I'm telling you right now because I know y'all. And I've said this once before when talking about HelloFresh. Okay. Y'all think that y'all gonna get boiled chicken when y'all order HelloFresh because y'all don't believe in the flavor. I'm telling you, HelloFresh got the flavor on lock. Okay. So, um, yes. Hail Mary. Okay, I have a few Hail Marys that I want to throw out to the delegation. Uh, MIT's first black female student body president on campus is tackling racism. She is a queen, if ever there was a queen. And I just wanted to give big ups. MIT, obviously, one of the most prominent schools, especially when it comes to technology. This girl, Danielle Get Get Weathers Gethers. It's spelled like Weathers. I'm going to say Gathers. Okay. Miami native Daniel Gathers is a, it could be, could be Jesus. Somebody call. Can somebody call Danielle and tell her to call me back? Miami native Danielle is a rising junior mechanical engineering major at Massachusetts Institute of Technology. My Danielle is 20. She was recently elected the 2020-2021 undergraduate associate president. She is the first black woman to serve in MIT's 159-year history. This is her story, and it was told to People Magazine. I want you guys to go check this story out. It is amazing, and, you know, we love to see a queen out here getting a crown. That's all I'm going to say, okay? We love to see a queen out here getting a crown. So, yeah, we definitely want to give big ups to Danielle. I talked about representation to a friend of mine and how important representation is. And, you know, we don't even know... This even plays into actually Sunday's message too, but sometimes we don't even know what is possible for us until we see it. Like, I don't even know that I could dream to be the first black student, black female student college student body president of a college unless I see that. And when that barrier is broken down, it gives me insight into what all is possible for me. So representation is everything. So I want to thank Danielle for doing it, not just for herself, but for the future of everyone connected to growth and opportunity at MIT and beyond. So yes. Okay. Somebody says we stand a crown here. Let me put the link in here since I'm sitting up here talking about it. Shonda says, yes, ma'am. Mariah says, love that. Brianna says, we love to see it. When I say we love to see a queen, I mean, we love to see it. Okay. So I just put the link in the thing on the situation. Uh, I replied directly to Mariah because I don't know what I'm doing on here. One day I'm going to get so fancy and I'm going to just have like stuff that's, so, ooh, dream Jesus. I'm going to have like a story that slides in on the YouTube page and then you can see stuff when it comes up. I'm going to do, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to give you at least one episode of me sliding stuff in. Okay, so listen, that is Danielle's story. She's my Hail Mary. Um, I also want to give a Hail Mary. I don't watch The Bachelor nor do I watch The Bachelorette. But what I do want to say is that I read a story about Claire Crawley, who's a bachelorette, who's being replaced by Tasha Adams. 
Um, but let me tell you why Claire is being replaced because Claire found her love and she said it ain't no point in this even continuing. Let me tell you how blessed I was by that. And let me tell you how that's a word for somebody who goes about the motions when they've already made a decision in their head. Let me tell you something. Claire said there is no point in us continuing with this charade when I've already made a decision. I love to see it. I love to see a woman saying this is what I want. I'm not going to continue to go through this to make everyone happy and satisfied. Shut the whole production down if you have to. Like a whole season is built around this quest of finding a love. She found her love and the season is cut short. Listen, she said, I'm not about to be a puppet. I found what I came here for and I'm done now. I love it. Uh, Willa says, I thought that was great of Claire. I totally do. I totally agree with it. I thought that that was super clutch. What about you guys? Um, KR says, so we're going to ignore the fact that Sarah needs a help. Oh, you know we're going to ignore the fact because Sarah and the virtual experience, you know, I, you know how I get awkward about things. Promise Hair Collection says, I really respect Claire for that. She's always been real. I'm down for the get down. Uh, Kendra says, dream sister. I'm, I'm going to get my thing together. But isn't that something? I am not going to go. I'm not going to just go with the program when the program is over. Write it down. I just hit you with a word. Sometimes we go with the program, but on the inside, we know the program is over. I want to encourage somebody today. When the program is over, let everyone else know this program is over. I just freed somebody. I just freed somebody. I just tried to help somebody with that, okay? And let me see. My next hail, Joseph. They're going to go to two fellas, Okay. There are two fellas that I would like to submit to the delegation for the Hail Joseph. We call it Joseph when it's a fella. Um, you know, the Saints gave it to Lisa Bonet because she had her two exes or her current husband and her ex in a picture together. And, you know, it is Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa and whatever. But this is what I'm going to say about it. We always hear the blended family stories about the women coming together and how the women come together and create this space and environment for the children to do well. But we never hear the male perspective. But to have two men, and this Lenny Kravitz posted, this is um, Lisa Bonet's ex-husband, Lenny Kravitz, posted Jason Momoa for his birthday, okay? To say happy birthday, okay? Can I just say that? That that's amazing to me. And I feel like that deserves a hell, Joseph, because we always talk about women stretching. But to know that there, it is possible for the men to stretch as well and to create this harmonious blended family situation, I thought was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, everyone is still stuck on the program is over. I, I'm telling you. I didn't. I tried to preach. Okay. Uh, fame.com says yes men and husbands are baby daddy united yes Sheree says oh yes I finally get to catch a live broadcast hey girl Red says I'm here for the men coming together me too Starlet says remarriage divorce second marriages how do you feel about this how do I feel about it girl I want you to read my book lost and found because that'll, that'll just take care of that whole little question right there. Shani says, respect it. Monica Gray says, I agree. Peace is everything. Amber Wright says, absolutely love it. Larkisha says, no pride, no ego. That's a sign one another too. Uh, Shelby says, I know that picture is blessed. The saints, that's what the saints said. 
But my eyes are blinded to that, okay? Jaleesa says, my family is a great example of the males coming together. My dad and stepdad made our blend so great and other people think it's awkward. I, you know, I really do think... um, that I don't know how much I don't know I feel torn sometimes because I feel like we have these preconceived notions about blended families and I don't know where it came from I don't know if it's Cinderella and the evil stepmother and we just decided that step families can be evil and hard and difficult to work with I know there have certainly been some moments in my life and throughout my journey where I have seen the difficulties of blending a family I praise God that that's not my current situation but I I don't know how much of it feels like this is the universal thing and there's an exception if there is harmony or if there really is this vitriol, whatever there is, though. I just feel like there's an opportunity to change the narrative. And when we see moments like this, that narrative is able to change. Once again, it's representation. So Adrian says, first of all, clap to Lisa for having Lenny and Jason. No comment. Jordan says, SJR had me going, sis, you did what while listening to Lost and Found? I told y'all. My, Lost and Found is my memoir and praise the Lord. Anyhow, you all will understand why I am partially the way that I am because amen. Cynthia says, this is not my reality. I, there's a lot of men, um, a lot of people who don't have that reality. Tara says, prayers for my blended family. And Kiara says, I love seeing stories like this. I do too. Okay. So let's see. Mm. Let's, is that my yeah that's my last Hail Mary Hail Joseph situation advice time it's advice time in the sanctuary are you all ready this is where I really need you to bring your A game because the saints the saints need us okay all right so couple questions here are y'all listening okay here we go Hey, sis, first off, I love, love, love tuning into the podcast via YouTube. It's life. After listening to the episode today, recorded yesterday, I decided to to DM you. My husband and I have been married for only a short time, and yet it feels like it wasn't God's will for us to get married. We have always been through so much. We have already been through so much in such a short time. We have a 22-year age gap between the two of us. What stings me to the core is he has repeatedly expressed to me how my seven-year-old daughter from a previous relationship is not his. I can't seem to let that go. Fast forward, we are now living in two different places, but yet still married and courting. A part of me is ready to call it quits, and the other part of me still thinks that there is hope. Okay, so... I'm going to always give my perspective and then I'm going to turn it over to the delegation to hear what they say. I think that the issue here maybe has less to do with him and how he has failed to receive your daughter in the way that you wanted him to receive your daughter and honestly less to even do with the age gap and more to do with you really coming to a place to determine what does partnership look like for me? When I got married the first time, I wasn't clear about that. I just wanted to be with someone. I wanted to not be lonely. And I wanted to fix this idea of having a broken home after being a teenage mother. 
I didn't take into consideration how important it was to me that they be a parent, that they show up spiritually for me, that they provide not just financially, but that they provide emotional support and safety and mental support and safety. All I wanted was to fix the picture. I had convinced myself that my picture was broken because I didn't have a partner. And if I had a partner, then my picture would finally be repaired. Well, the truth is that what I was looking for was an image, right? I wasn't actually trying to have a real relationship. I just wanted for people to be able to look at my life and say that she recovered and she overcame and she finally got to a place where she wasn't a single mother anymore. I want this to be a word for any single mother listening. Sis, you are a whole family, even as a single mother, that your wholeness is what makes your family whole, not whether or not you have a partner, because you can have a partner and have the wrong partner and your family be a broken home. We make broken homes about whether or not you have a partner. I guess, yes, in the perfect world, there would be two people pouring into one child, two whole individuals pouring into a child to create another whole human and providing support and love and encouragement for them that they get it from both angles. Sure, that would be great and ideal, right? But the reality is that we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen humanity and we live in a world full of sin and depression and abuse and discouragement. And sometimes the only thing we can control is our own wholeness. It sounds like to me when I was reading this that you wanted this relationship to fix what what being a single parent may have felt like for you. And you wanted to offer your daughter as someone who would accept her as his own. And you didn't get any of those things. I'm one of those people who don't blame the person for not giving me what I needed, but I really take inventory of, did I have the right to even expect that from you from the first place? Because sometimes we place expectations on people who showed us no history of being able to fulfill those expectations. And then we're frustrated with them for being who they never were. And I just wonder, was this person ever that for you? And I would take some time if I were you to focus less about the marriage and more about myself. What has this failure to meet my expectation told me about my expectations in the first place? Where did these expectations come from and why were they so important to me? Why did I feel like this relationship was really what I needed in order for my daughter to have what she needs? Do I feel inadequate in giving it to her on my own? Am I inadequate because I'm in my broken state and I'm not pursuing my own wholeness? Have I put the need for our family to become whole on one person? And is that too much pressure to put on one person when I should be on my own journey? I think there are so many avenues that should be discovered and maybe um, considered before you make this blanket statement about just one person's role. I've, I have found, I'm going to see what the delegation says. I have found that when I take inventory of my life and I see where I could do better, that I'm able to make a more confident decision towards better. But as long as I feel like the responsibilities on the other person to fix it or to change it, then I find myself frustrated because I'm waiting on them to do what they never had the ability to do. So I don't know. I want to see what the delegation says. I shouldn't have said I don't know at the end of that because that is for real how I feel. And I hate when people say I don't know after saying stuff because you do know that's what you said. Okay. Red says she needs to get out of the marriage and focus on her and her daughter. Um, Manasia says as a stepdaughter, it means a lot to be accepted by my stepdad because otherwise it causes discord within the home. My stepdad is my dad and I am his daughter. Point blank period. That is Mackenzie. You sound like Mackenzie up and down. My husband is the only father that she has known 
since she was four years old, like the only, the only father she has known. And that's her, that is her father. Like we went to the hospital and they were calling her by her, you know, last name. And I'm like, well, she prefers to go by Roberts because that is her truth. Like she prefers to go by my husband's last name. And we navigate how like this is your truth and we don't want to ignore your truth, even if this is where you live and the consciousness of living as a Roberts with this reality. So like we're navigating that as much as we can with a 10 year old. But she my husband is her father. That's it. That's it for her. Uh, Shelby says the pastor from last year's conference during the pajama panel, I believe her name was Marie. She gave an awesome nugget for single mothers. I recommend, I recommend that just go watch that. And that video is on my YouTube if you want to see it. Uh, Monica Dorsey says that's good. Unspoken expectations can ruin relationships and cause resentment. Sunny says, be prepared and practice loving yourself and your children alone before the Boaz comes alone. It will help you discern Ishmael from Isaac. Sarah says, turn her up in the microphone because she's preaching. In Grace Boone says, program is over, sis. She's going through the program and the program has ended for one of them. The program, let me tell you something. As a single mom, I will say this. Like, it's just, you just have to know that you are enough on your own and that where you may lack, that God will make up the difference. And we cannot be so desperate that we think that any man can father our children. When I was dating again after going through my divorce, and I made this is not like me shaming or judging you because, sis, I literally am telling you from the scars that I earned what I learned. That when I was dating my husband, I knew after seeing my son and my daughter in a relationship where I felt like parenting wasn't like an important value that as I was dating, it was really important to me how my husband interacted with my children. I wanted them to have a father. And so that means I had to marry a father and not just marry a man and expect him to become a father. So like what fatherhood signs were you showing when we were dating? You know, my husband had children when we were dating. So I got to see how he fathered his own children, which gave me an indication of how he would father my children. Now, just because he fathers his children that way doesn't mean that he's going to father my children that way. So while we're dating, I look to see how does that version of him show up as it relates to my children. But those were all things that I had to be intentional about looking at and not just wanting to fix my brokenness and wanting to prevent brokenness. Because I think at the core, a single mom is trying to prevent brokenness in their children. And we think to ourselves, if I give them a two-parent household, then I will prevent brokenness in my children. But the truth is that we could give them a two-parent household, like I said, and they still end up broken. And so I don't want your desire to prevent brokenness make you blind to the fact that you're signing up for a relationship that's going to produce brokenness. I don't know if that's helping anyone. I believe that that's helping people. Fanny says, I always look internally. The bar was low and now she's tripping over it. Time to raise the bar. Sometimes you just outgrow a situation. It's a good sign. Took me two marriages to figure that out. And the, the lessons that we, what, what did they say in the country? Uh, a hard lesson is an earned lesson. Somebody's country watching this right now. An earned le- a bought lesson, an earned lesson is a bought a bought lesson is an earned lesson. Someone tell me. Someone's from the country. I know you're watching right now. Shani says I was broken in a two parent house. Our family thrived when my parents divorced. I don't know how, but God did that. We didn't miss a beat. Did you hear 
that I'm going to read it again. I was broken in a two parent house. Our family thrived when my parents divorced. I don't know how, but God did that. We didn't miss a beat. Hear me clearly. I'm not saying that everyone needs to get divorced, but there are some relationships that are so toxic and so abusive, but so ideal from the outside looking in that we think to allow those marriages to dissolve means that we're going to continue to produce even more brokenness. But this woman is a testimony to the fact that it didn't make sense on paper, but God allowed them to thrive outside of what the image looked like. I guess it goes back to that scripture about God using the foolish things of the world. Uh, Alexis says, lessons hard learned are long remembered. That's yes. Cachet says a bought lesson is an earned lesson. There it is. A bought lesson is an earned lesson. That's what they say in the country. Rolly says, although I have no kids, I'm definitely taking this all in for the day I meet my Boaz. Yeah, because I mean, I think it doesn't just relate to children. Like I think how you manage your money, how you manage your spirituality, how you manage your mental and emotional health. Like what does that look like when you're angry? What does it look like when, you know, maybe you're broke? What does it look like when you got a fat check? Like, am I still as important to you? Like all of those things are signs that we want to look out for in a relationship because, those are things that happen in relationships. And I want to know how you navigate the world. At the end of the day, for me, in my you know perspective, marriage is about partnering with someone whose values you admire when it comes to navigating the world. It is to say that I feel like I can navigate the world better if I'm navigating it with you by my side. If I'm not able to say that, then that means that taking on this partnership may mean that I'm not able to navigate the world at minimum at the moment at the momentum in which I bring to the picture. I think it should be about acceleration partnership that doesn't have some level of acceleration isn't really partnership, right? Like even with children, right? Like they're not necessarily accelerating you in the traditional ways where they're like bringing money into the picture or they're bringing wisdom, you know, they, they do take a lot, but the acceleration comes when they grow and blossom. Cause I get to be a blessing to my parents now because of what they have invested inside of me. So in any relationship, there's an L I feel like I'm going on and on, but in, in a relationship, there should be an element of partnership. And if you are not navigating the world better as a result of the person you're with, then we do have to take inventory. And this doesn't mean, I think, you know, marriage and relationships can be two different things. I think in a marriage that you really have to go back to the drawing board as a couple and say like, this is what's important to me. Are we on the same team? Do we have the same goals? Are we headed in the right direction? Do we need to go to counseling so that you can understand why this is important to me so that you can maybe move and compromise? You know, I think there are a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of steps we get to go through before divorce is what's on the table. But I do think that it really, if you can prevent it before even getting in a marriage to come to a place where you say, you know what, I really want to value the way that I can partner with you. Um, okay. Anna says, my mom married my stepdad and that broke me and I'm still healing by the grace of God because of that. I'm doing everything I can to work it out with my husband so my kids don't go through that. Come on now. <laughs> Ashley says, this show church house, talk all you want. All right. I'm talking. I'm talking. Okay. Uh, Ashley says, this, Pastor Sherry, this is awesome. Post, them, post this on Instagram and Facebook. We needed this. I like, I'm glad. I'm glad to help and serve because I love y'all. Like from the bottom of my heart. 
I probably cry when I do my snack, but I'm gonna try and hold it together like the G I am. Okay, my next advice question says. Hold on, Shani says, how do you hold fathers accountable that hop in and out of their child's life? The problem is you can't hold them accountable, but the most beautiful thing that you can do is to help your children process that, you know, to not just make it like, well, that's how he is, but your children need help processing that, you know. Uh, that's one of the things I've had to do is to help my children process the absence of their father, like, in a way that doesn't just make him bad, but just like how life is hard. And when you don't have tools and resources, it can be even harder. And it makes it difficult for you to show up and be someone who you aren't confident that you can become. And I think that armed with that wisdom, and it doesn't mean that you don't have to have that conversation over and over again in different ways and, you know, age appropriate, it changes and shifts and evolves, but you can't hold them accountable. And that's what's hard. But the most important thing you can do is kind of help your children process that and to see it from the place of like, from that God perspective and not from the wounded, because the enemy is going to make a wound out of it. If we don't help our children process what they are exposed to, then there's going to be a wound there. And so our goal is to come in and try and protect to protect them from that infection that can happen in the wound, right? I don't want you to have an infection because of this. I want you to see it properly. And seeing it properly isn't just being like, oh, well, he ain't no good. You know what I mean? Seeing it properly comes down to saying like, this is what happens when we live in brokenness. And this is why it's so important that we take responsibility and that we, you know, decide who we're going to be in the earth and then go through the process of being disciplined enough to do that. And this is why we don't allow failure to determine our ability to have success. Like they're all teaching moments, but you have to have wisdom within yourself and forgiveness within your own heart in order to even navigate them through that. Okay, I'm finished because I feel like I'm really going on. Amber says, I believe in the importance of my child's mental health. We break down the realities of her absent father. So she hasn't doesn't have the same scars that I have for sure. For sure. And Gabrielle says, process what you are exposed to that part. That... Pot. Okay, last question. Okay, Demetrius, I feel like we are getting an extension from the weekend with today's podcast. Loving, I know. I think I'm just like so full from the weekend, so I just like whatever. Okay. So next question says, "Hello, if you ever able to read this, I would love some advice on how to forgive yourself." Trust your own judgment again. Let someone in. I just watched this special with you and your husband on love, relationships, purpose, and destiny. And just like the one with your dad, I'm crying. Coming out of a nine-year relationship where I gave too much of myself that I found out so many disappointing things that I guess I should have known, but I can't address it because he passed away in February which is truly why I found everything out. Anyway, any advice is appreciated. If you see this, my seven-year-old daughter in prayer is what has been holding me in all of your YouTube videos. That's interesting. They both had seven-year-old daughters. I didn't notice that until I pulled this question. Um, and maybe that's a sign. You know that number seven means completion. And so maybe as you guys are navigating this seven-year-old daughter, this seven-year-old little girl, maybe there's an element of completion that God wants to do to the little girl that's down on the inside of you so that your little girl doesn't have to carry the scars. You know, you said something that I want to address. You mentioned that the person who you feel played a major role in your pain is no longer here and therefore you can't really have the closure that you need. And I think that for me, and I wrote this in Don't Settle for Safe, 
that closure isn't necessarily when two people come together and agree and come to a place of peace. I think that is the most, you know, ideal way to have closure, but that's not always possible because people die, because people aren't ready to have those types of conversations. And so closure is really something that happens within yourself. And so first of all, I want to let you know that it is possible for you to have closure without having the other party a part of your process. Um, I think so much of what I've already said probably applies to things that you can kind of navigate. How did I end up in this situation? What was I looking for? What was this relationship supposed to mean to me? Uh, I don't want to discount the fact that there are times when people are completely caught off guard. Like, you know, there are a lot of times when we see the signs and ignore them and hope that someone will become better. And then there are moments where someone is completely caught off guard. Whether you were completely caught off guard or you found yourself in a situation where you just ignored the signs and pray that the potential would arise. What I want to say to you is that the most important thing that any of us do in order to come to a place of trusting ourselves again and moving forward is to process what we've been exposed to, but to also recognize that there's just so much wisdom in our wounds. So it doesn't matter how you ended up in your situation. What matters the most is what wisdom that situation has available to you. Uh, what are the lessons that we can learn as a result of what we've gone through? What are things that we would maybe do differently? What are questions that we would ask that we would not have asked had we not gone through that situation? Those are the types of things that we have to do when we're like processing. So processing isn't just like reviewing what happened over and over again, because that can turn into torment, not processing. Processing is really asking questions of the situations. What was I looking for? What was it feeding me? Who did I become when I was with that person? Did I enjoy that version of myself? Was I proud of that version of myself? Did I feel closer and closer to being made in the image of God? Or did I feel more and more insecure? Processing is asking the situation, who did I become as a result? It's taking a step out of the situation and looking at it from the outside in and saying, what role did each person play? You know, what was that desire connected to? Was that because my dad wasn't in my life? Was that because I felt like I didn't see a strong woman? Or is that because I saw nothing but strong women? Like, but to really look at the picture. Sometimes we're so busy being in the picture that we can't even process the picture unless we step out of it, right? And so you've been in this picture, you said for the last few years, right? I think with a nine-year relationship. So you had a nine-year relationship where you were in the picture. And when you are in the picture, you're trying to like just make you're just trying to make it happen. You're just trying to make the best out of a bad situation. You see a part of a person that no one else sees, like you are in the picture. This person's no longer in your life. And so your picture has changed. I want to give you permission to step out of the picture. Look at that relationship. Look at who you were in that relationship. Look at who he was in that relationship and to really dissect those things. Because the first questions that you asked me, how do I uh, learn to trust myself again, to trust my own judgment? Those are the ways that I was able to forgive myself and trust myself again is that I stopped just living in the picture and I started looking at the picture and there's nothing more beautiful for me now than when I step out of the picture of my life, right? That's why prayer and meditation is so important because it allows me to step out of my life. And when I step out of my life in prayer and in meditation, I'm able to assess like what's really a problem, what's not a problem, 
Where am I lacking gratitude where I currently have frustration and it changes my narrative? And so that's what my suggestion is for you is to maybe not think that your healing is contingent on this person who has passed away and you no longer have access to, but to recognize that your healing really starts with you coming within yourself and recognizing that there are maybe some patterns and tendencies that have prohibited you from really manifesting the life that God has for you. Like God has a vision of who you are and in God's vision of who you are, there isn't brokenness. There's not sadness. There's no shame. There's no regret, right? Because God makes everything work together for our good. Like I literally can't even look back on, like when you read Lost and Bound, you and be like, oh, she probably regret that. Oh, she probably regret that. And in the moment I probably did. But when I look back on my life now, I don't because God literally made everything work together for my good. Like me waitressing at this strip club, me dropping out of college, like me being in my toxic marriage and, and promiscuity, like all of those things that like, you know, that I know weren't God's will or desire for my life, but I look back on them and I wouldn't change any of them or we wouldn't be kicking it the way we kicking it right now. Because like, because I was able to go through those things, I feel like I relate to so many different women from church girls to girls who are out here just trying to make things work in a toxic relationship to women who own businesses like God gave me breath and with with the with the pain of what happened to me and so right now it may not make sense but a few years down the road you'll look back and you'll say to yourself because I was willing to do the work and reach right because there's doing the work and then there's a reach so you can process all you want to but then we're reaching towards something and what am I reaching towards I'm reaching towards God's vision of who I am and so I want to encourage you to work and reach work and reach and you have to alternate and sometimes you have to do them at the same time but work and reach work and reach and when you implement this idea of processing everything like like, why did I post that picture on Instagram? Like, why did I override that feeling of, I probably shouldn't do that, but whatever, I'm about to do me because I'm tired of trying to live for other people. Like, what was that in me and stepping out of the picture to take inventory of yourself? It's just powerful. It's totally beautiful. Okay. Um, let's see what the delegation is saying. Shanice says, I thank God for your life, best friend. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Reese Renee says, work and reach. Sherelle says, work and reach. Julia says, I'm single now and need rescue. Child, you got your own life jacket. You don't even know it, okay? I'm a soldier says, virtual experience fire is still burning for sure. Maya Taylor says, how do we submit our advice stories? So if you guys want my perspective on whatever and the delegation to chime in on whatever, you guys can email info at womanevolve.com or you can just slide into my DMs on Instagram. I screenshot them and then read them, okay? So let me see. Snack time. It's snack time in the sanctuary. Okay, so the virtual experience was this weekend. And when we first started, we had technical difficulties. We ended up figuring it out. But when it first started, I was bummed. Okay, so we're at the office. We're going live from the Woman Evolve headquarters. And for some reason, it's saying like, this is private. 
and the chat room is going and the countdown is going and like this is the moment right like this is the moment where like there's weeks and weeks and weeks of hard work is showing up and we're about to be able to reveal to the delegation and to the sisterhood like what we've been working on and it didn't work and I was bummed and I started thinking like all kinds like I get negative thoughts just like everyone else so I'm thinking all of these negative thoughts like you bit off more than you could chew you you tried to pull this off too soon like this is going to be a mess like this is why you shouldn't have done the virtual experience like I'm having all of these negative thoughts in my mind and we're like scrambling and processing and trying to figure it out and, and figure out what the point is or what the problem is at the same time that I'm having these negative thoughts and I hated every second of it we finally get things on track, but there's like a momentum, right? Like there's a momentum that you have, like when we count down and we say live and it's not live, like you lose momentum. And so I'm frustrated because like, I just wanted this to be, I wanted it to be perfect, to be honest. Like I, we worked really hard. We had a lot of elements that we don't usually have, but we still, we rolled up our sleeves to try and get it done. And so I was super, super frustrated. Day two went on, like by the time we figured it out, like we had figured it out. Day two was successful. Like we were able to get things together, but I was super frustrated. And um, I realized though that like my expectation. So once again, processing, right? My expectation was to go into the virtual experience because we had done so, so much work. I thought that I, we would have a masterful experience, right? That it would be incredible. And I had a flaw in my thinking and this is my snack, right? So my flaw in my thinking is that I would start off in a new territory as a master. And that was the flaw in my thinking because we had come to a place where we really felt like we had mastered things in different capacities, whether they're our on-person event or like really understanding the uniqueness of our podcast or the store, right? So we've been able to like really figure out our rhythm in all of these different areas. And I kind of felt like I would take that same confidence into the virtual experience. Like our theme had been rolled out. We had our videos together. The production was tight. Like I felt like that same confidence would roll over into this new venture and it didn't start off that way. And I realized that part of my problem, and hopefully this is going to help someone, is that I wanted to start off a master instead of committing to growth. When your commitment is to becoming a master, if anything that doesn't look like mastery can dissuade you. But when your ultimate goal is just to grow, you recognize that growth is a slow process and that growth takes time and intentionality and that sometimes you have to be cut back, come on prune, so that you can bear even more fruit. And if our goal is just to be a master, we don't give ourselves enough patience and time to really grow, right? And so I had to really correct my thinking because I don't want to, like my pride and my ego wanted it to go off without a hitch, right? Like I wanted there to not be any problems, but that's pride. At the end of the day, what my number one goal was, and this is like God always bringing me back to like the heart of the matter, what my number one goal was to have a transformational experience. And transformational experiences doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be technical difficulties. (laughs) 
And as a matter of fact, transformational experiences have technical difficulties as a part of them, right? Because transformation in itself, like outside of this specific analogy, but like transformation within itself means that there is a difficulty somewhere that has to be transformed, right? And so I think that as you're looking to transform your life, transform your thinking, transform your whatever, like I want you to expect technical difficulties, but not be defined by your technical difficulties and to not get give up as a result of them. And so we were able to get everything together. Like I said, the second part of the day went off without a hitch and day two was amazing. And, um, and it just reminded me though, that, and I always talk about the God factor, right? It just reminded me that at the end of the day, don't let your pride get into the way, get in the way of a God thing. That when you're doing a God thing and woman evolve, let me tell you something. There is no doubt in my mind that woman evolve is a God thing. God has blessed this movement. He has anointed this movement to go literally throughout all of the earth. There were 55 countries at the woman evolve conference. Like that is not me. That is God. Y'all hear me on this podcast. Like she's all right, but she ain't all that. All right. So that is God breathing on something. And when God is in something, the worst thing that you can do is try to become a master at something that God is in because he's either going to be the master or you're going to be the master. And if it is about you becoming a master, when God is in it, he can take his hands off of it and like, all right, you got it. Right. But when God is in it, you walk into it differently. It's not about like, oh yeah, we're about to start and everyone's going to see everything thing that we've been working on, but it's more like, God, we're about to start. And I'm just asking that you would bless this event. And not to say that we prayed, but it's not about, it's, I'm trying to explain it the way that I sense it. It's just not about what people are going to experience. It's about who people are going to become. And when it's about who people are going to become, you have to come into it with a totally different set of humility and mindsets and paradigms. And so I was really challenged to get myself together and to really come into this thing low, like really, really low, so that there was room for God to really breathe on it. So how about that? Um More Love says, this is a whole word. Monica Grace says, that's good. Jessica says, let God be the master. Ashley says, we, Woman Evolve, is needed in such a time as this. It's obvious as, wow, this was for me. Can't go into new territory as the master. I thank God for you. So on point, yes, I want God in it always. You help me. Wow. Okay, so that's my snack. Okay, that is my snack. It's about growth, not mastery. When it becomes about mastery, you miss out on growth. And if you ever become a master, then there's nowhere else for you to really go because you become the master. And let me tell you something. God really like there were people who were like, this is my first time at a Woman Evolve event. And I guarantee you I'm going to be there. I'm bringing my girls next year because God breathed on it. it. We were getting testimonies from people as if we were like all in person in the same room, just like how full people are, how revived they were, how their souls were set on fire. And like that's that's God, man, because like we did what we could and, you know, our best attempts, there were still technical difficulties, but God breathed on it and the testimonies speak for themselves. And so um, I'm about to log off, but this is what I want to say. I love you guys so very much. Woman Evolve is it is it is it is my life. It is it is it is so important to me. 
that God has trusted me with you. And whether we're connecting like this on the podcast and on YouTube and Facebook, or we are at the feet of Jesus, you know, like at the experience and opening ourselves up for transformation or talking about our finances or what our future looks like, like Woman Evolve is, you know, God taking my life and multiplying it. And I don't see you guys as just like people who follow a movement. Like I see you all as myself. And because I see you all as myself, I try to handle your hearts with care. I try to make sure that we bring in the best possible because, you know, like I wanted to have a movement that could speak to who I am at my core. I just didn't know that you were on the other side of it. And so whether you experienced the technical difficulties or not, we got some emails where people were like, the technology was great. We had no problems at all. We had other people like, Run me my coins. I couldn't start the starting session and I'm frustrated. No matter where you fell on it, the fact that you gave us a chance, that you're listening to this podcast, that you signed up, like you have no idea what that means to us as a team. I can always tell when someone is going to be a part of our Woman Evolve team. It's because they have been personally affected by what Woman Evolve represents. Woman Evolve is literally us saying, hey, we knew better, but haven't always done better. But we still believe that God has better available to us. So whatever we need to sacrifice or lay down to grow and become, that's what we're going to do. And we do it as a team. And we try to inspire that change in every person who gets to encounter the grace that's on our life. So thank you. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for being a part of the virtual experience. Thank you for getting your life. (laughs) Thank you for losing your edges on behalf of the glory of God. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. Um, I want to pray. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Hopefully I'll have a nap and I won't be talking all that much. Um, Somebody says, we is awesome. Appreciate your sincere efforts. Will the conference be available on WeTV? For sure, it will be on WeTV. People are saying, I love you. They're saying, we love you, sis. And sis is tired, so she can't receive the love because she might start crying. But yes, just... I love y'all, okay? And um, I'm gonna pray. God's gonna meet us and he's gonna keep us until we get together again next week, okay? Um, Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to live a life in your presence, that we lived in the presence of fear. We lived in the presence of anxiety. We lived in the presence of inadequacy, but now we get to live in your presence. And when we live in your presence, we feel stronger and wiser and beautiful and like every part of our life can be used for your glory. And so, Father, it is my prayer that your presence would continue to permeate the atmosphere and environment of every person listening, that your presence would overwhelm their fear, that your presence would overwhelm any anxiety, that your presence would just move into the room. It would swallow up pride. It would swallow up anything that's standing in the way. Father, let your presence come into our lives, come into our minds, come into our hearts, and may it create a space of peace, of growth, and transformation. God, I thank you for every person listening. Thank you for allowing me to live this life, man. I can't believe it, but I'm so thankful for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I will see you guys next week. I love you so much.